This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. One of the busiest men at the International Center is LCMS photojournalist Eric Lunsford. Eric travels the country and world regarding events that impact the lives of Lutherans. Whether it's a Mercy Medical Mission in Africa, installation of a clean water pump in a distant village, natural disasters here and abroad, well, Eric's there. Most recently, Eric was photographing hurricane damage on the eastern Gulf Coasts and how Lutherans responded with disaster relief efforts. And on a happier note, Eric was in Mexico witnessing the baptism of 20 children into Lutheran Fellowship. Eric's my guest on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. Oregon voters voted yesterday to force their fellow residents to keep funding abortions with their tax dollars. By a two-to-one margin, residents of the Pacific Coastal State voted to support abortion with taxpayer funds. A massive out-of-state spending campaign by the Planned Parenthood abortion business contributed to the win. Oregon is one of 17 states that forces taxpayers to fund elective abortions. Because the state has no abortion restrictions, tax dollars pay for unborn babies to be aborted for any reason up to birth. In 2017, Governor Kate Brown signed a bill into law expanding taxpayer-funded abortions to illegal immigrants and government employees. One of those 17 states that forces its taxpayers to pay for elective abortions is West Virginia. But that could change now that state voters approved Amendment 1, stating that there is no right to abortion. West Virginians yesterday approved a constitutional amendment that makes it clear that their state does not recognize abortion as a right. The Amendment 1 ballot measure passed the state legislature back in March, and West Virginians just voted for it on their state ballot. West Virginia has paid about $10 million for some 35,000 abortions as a result. In 2017 alone, state taxpayers paid for 1,560 unborn babies to be aborted, this according to the Associated Press. Massachusetts voters yesterday affirmed a 2016 law that supporters claimed was necessary to protect the rights of transgender individuals, but critics said it left women and children at risk. Although legislators overwhelmingly approved the law two years ago, an effort to repeal was mounted by opponents, leading to the ballot question that went before voters yesterday and was defeated. The Girl Scouts are suing the Boy Scouts, saying the organization's inclusive rebranding effort has caused all sorts of consumer confusion, from mistaken enrollment in the Boy Scouts to misinformation about a merger of the two groups. Yesterday's trademark infringement lawsuit is an attempt to clear up the uncertainty, this according to the Girl Scouts of the United States of America. The Manhattan federal case noted the two separate youth organizations have long coexisted, but problems arose when core gender distinction was altered by the Boy Scouts of America, which announced in October of last year that it would open its doors to girls beginning in 2019. 
Earlier this year, the Boy Scouts unveiled a new marketing campaign to back that effort. Scout me in, the tagline proclaimed. But definitely scout the Girl Scouts out for rebranding. The Girl Scouts lawsuit said that Boy Scouts of America had no right under New York state and federal law to use words like scouts or scouting by themselves in connection with services offered to girls or to rebrand itself as the Scouts. Este é Notícias Luteranas pelo Mundo. This is Royal Lutheran News Digest. I'm Kip Allen, World Lutheran News Digest host. My guest today is Eric Lunsford, the official photographer for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Photojournalist, I should say. He's much more than a photographer. And uh, this will be the latest installment of Eric's Adventures. Thanks, Kip. Good morning. Good to talk with you. How are you? Oh, I'm very fine. Surprisingly good, considering that I've really not taken care of myself over the years. Well, you look fantastic. Well, thank you much. I appreciate it that. It looks great on the radio. You look fantastic <laughs> on the radio. As I say, I have the face for radio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we, had, uh, we just had our uh, day sponsor luncheon recently, mm-hmm. and I was sitting at a table with a lady who, who recognized my name and said, you don't look a thing like your voice. <laughs> Well, I, you know, my voice and, and I think my, my inside voice and outside voice don't match. Ah. I, inside, I hear this very good, effective voice. And outside, it's all just nasal from there. And so I'm like, well, okay, I'll just roll with it and pretend I only hear the good sounding one inside. Well, that's, that's true. You know, I told the lady uh, I was probably much more devastatingly handsome than she expected. And she looked at me and said, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. So much for the levity of this series. And program. we're done for the day. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Anytime. <laughs> so, Eric, as our listeners know, travels the world wherever news breaks that affects the Lutheran Church. He's there. And one of the things that the LCMS is very active in is in disaster response. And boy, have we had some disasters this year. Mm, a tragic season. Really? Eric, what are some of the ones that you've visited recently, and what, what which ones strike you the most? Oh my goodness. Well, we started a lot with Hurricane Florence in North Carolina, and just see some of that devastating flooding and its effects on a community, but also working in an area where the water's still coming up. And that's one of the kind of real hard things to kind of see and think about if you're not there, is that... The water's getting higher. The rivers haven't crested yet. So you might be sitting on dry ground preparing or helping folks prepare or with a pastor, one of the congregations, but that water's still coming. And in a couple of days, everything might be changed. And that is such a fluid thing that happens in disaster is that you just, things change so quickly. But to be able to see that uh, the LCMS sent a, a large truck down into uh, a congregation in Wake Forest, Hope Lutheran. And that's just was phenomenal seeing those efforts there and working with some of the uh, members and volunteers. It's just a wonderful volunteer effort. And I see it again and again. Lutheran Christians are out serving their neighbors. And it's such a joy to see God working through people there. My goodness, it's just phenomenal. 
And I know all of our districts have their uh, special response teams already ready uh, with the districts themselves. Then, of course, there's Ross Johnson and Mike Myers here with our, our own uh, the, with, with LCMS disaster response. And uh, on the scene, really, literally within within a couple of days of the disaster. Oh, in fact, yes, and there's terrific collaboration. I, I can't stress that enough to see how districts and the Synod works together so beautifully to document those efforts. Uh, I remember a very specific scene where, you know, some of our disaster response uh, folks and our district president there was uh, out in front of the car at dusk looking at a map saying, Here's the roads we're going to try to follow to get to these congregations. And you see that kind of just effort. You see kind of determination and that love and caring for each other. It's just a joy. And, you know, on kind of not close by, but still in, in the southeast part of the United States, we also saw Hurricane Michael. Oh, yes. And my goodness, that uh, was devastating. And, you know, just you know, a little history here briefly is I, I, I was an, I'm a Floridian a temporary Floridian, if you call it. I worked um, at two newspapers in South Florida, one in West Palm Beach, one on the Treasure Coast. And my first week on the job was covering the aftermaths of Hurricane Francis and Jean in 2004. Hmm. And so, you know, fast forward a couple of years, covered a string of hurricanes. See, just different levels of disaster. And what really brought back vivid memories of some of these extraordinarily devastating hurricanes was what happened with Hurricane Michael. You know, if we could dig deep for a second, we take it at one specific example in Mexico Beach. There's a Lutheran church, Living Water, uh, on the beach, and Kip, the church is gone, literally gone. The, the the tidal surge literally tore down the church and washed it away. The only thing remaining is the concrete pad, and the rest of the town just flattened. You know, if you look in the distance, there's essentially one large building still standing on the beach and that's a large kind of high-rise uh, motel hotel kind of place and so to see that level of devastation it's uh, a little overwhelming but again you had the local congregation the people were working and you know something that you didn't mention that really struck me is that even though the church found the, the church body is gone the foundation remained. And, you know, we're talking on a number of different levels here. Well said. You're absolutely right. And, you know, again, kind of think back to Hurricane Florence um, here with Hurricane Michael in Panama City, obviously a very hard hit uh, area. At Trinity Lutheran, we arrived. I mean, this is after hours of trying to get in. You know, you're, you're kind of one way in, one way out. Lots of traffic, a lot of relief coming in and coming and going. Here are church members and volunteers already. No power, no water. They're unpacking food. They're getting things ready. They're serving their neighbor. And then you see the volunteer teams come and, and, and provide that help. It's just that love and care of neighbor and serving each other. You see that and just... When you see that buzz of activity and know that, hey, you know what, the church is there, and even if the church isn't there literally, the body of Christ remains and loves and serves their neighbor. Well, didn't he say, wherever two or more are gathered, and that's that's the church, and that's what we are, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah, if I can paint a quick picture for you, it's sure. hard to talk about photographs on the radio. <laughs> um, but I do this in, in a sincere way. There's a... At Trinity in Panama City, there is a stained glass image of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's at the altar. 
And so when you go out to the front, you through the narthex, you see through the window, the stained glass, the sun is shining through it. And if you look at the reflection in the window of the, of the church doors, you see this altar stained glass, Christ on the cross, and in reflected in the doors are damaged neighborhoods. So it's, you see in, in a profound way, this kind of how the body of Christ is there. And that's just really... What about mm. the spiritual relief that was brought to the people there? The church building is gone. Are they still holding services? Do they have a communion? Yes. In fact, there was another local congregation uh, nearby that was sheltering people during the storm. And I think upwards of 85 people were there. And um, they suffered significant damage with the fellowship hall. I mean, this this one congregation, I mean, it, the main sanctuary went basically unscathed. Thanks be to God. The, the fellowship hall, the roof's torn off in multiple places. I mean, this is really thick roofing that's just been peeled back like on, on a can. So when things got really hard, this congregation was there for people to live at as a shelter where they had nowhere else to go because the winds were gusting upwards of 200 miles an hour. I remember um, I was in a hurricane back in 79, and uh, in the aftermath of that hurricane, uh, I was getting calls at the radio station where I worked from local clergy who really wanted to get the message out that God was not punishing this community. And there were a lot of people who felt that that was the case. Were you running into that as well? And or, not, the, or, not, the, or that the message was going out was that this was not a punishment that God is meeting upon these people. You know, I think, on my opinion, just seeing and just documenting, I mean, that's one of the joys of being a photographer, kind of on the, you're not on the sidelines in the sense, you, you try to be the paint on the wall, but you get a great sense of how people respond. And here, I got a great sense that they were very thankful the church is there. Hmm. You know, when when the winds are gusting, and homes are being splintered and broken and battered. Here's the congregation. Here's the church that they flee to. And this is thing where, like, um, is one particular congregation. I mean, a giant tree falls down right next to the sanctuary, right where, right where people are living in, underneath the sanctuary, oh, the fellowship hall. And so you saw that, and um, you know that amidst this, that body of Christ is there. And of course, is when things, when the storm passed, when well, now it's. People are going out and helping others. And we have to get the message out about God's love mm -hmm. in, in the aftermath of this terrible disaster. Uh, showing my age here, I remember back at Woodstock. What's that? <laughs> Isn't that a character on Peanuts? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there is a, a, a well-known character by the, who goes by the name of Wavy Gravy. And he was recorded as saying, because, you know, the weather was really bad at Woodstock. And he was recorded as saying, there's always a little bit of heaven in a disaster area. And I think this is what we're seeing here. I mean, there's some truth to that. Because these people are joining together. They are showing the love of Christ. They're showing the love of their neighbors. Which is something, you know, Jesus said you got to do. Yeah, and, you know, in the Missouri Synod, when in responding to disaster... We bear the love of Christ in the proclamation of the gospel amidst this disaster. And I think that's one of the beauty of our of our disaster response is that we come and bear the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. 
and we're not ashamed to proclaim the gospel. Absolutely not. I remember in the um, aftermath of the recent uh, Texas hurricanes, I was talking to uh, several of the pastors down there, and they've actually gotten a number of, of converts who are so impressed with how the Lutherans responded, not just to their own members, but to the communities as a whole. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, indeed. You mean see this again and again, and that's, I think, why even amongst this tragedy mm-hmm. and these ongoing tragedies— you do see how those are church members are out serving their neighbors and they're and they're telling about Jesus. You know, they're telling that Jesus loves them. Did you have any any specific incidents? I mean, besides the the church with the with the foundation that remained uh, that stand out in your mind as something that really represents the efforts of the LCMS and the message. That's a terrific question, Kip. You know, I think. I'm so glad you're recording this, because <laughs> I have to kind of think on that. You know, I really have to think. Well, there's so much that you saw and so much that happens. And, you know, I, I know as a journalist, uh, when I would cover events, I'd sometimes have to pretend I wasn't part of what was happening. And uh, Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. You know, as a, as a secular photojournalist, you are not really, you're part of the scene, I try to never be the scene. Yeah. Let's put it that way. The beauty, one thing I love working at the church about is that you are, you're part of the scene and I will put down my cameras and just jump right in the fray Mm -hmm. because I'm there also as a fellow brother in Christ and my vocation is to make pictures and tell stories, but also sometimes you just need a... Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I, I remember uh, I was covering a, a particularly nasty traffic accident, and uh, the there were many, many victims, and the EMTs were overwhelmed. And so I, I put down my notebook and tape recorder mm-hmm. and went to work with EMTs, you know, holding up the bags, whatever it was that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a point where you... You have to say, you know, wait a minute, I'm a human being, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I've got a job here over and above telling the story. Yes, you're right. And that is that is why I love working for the church, is that you can be that Lutheran Christian mm-hmm. on every assignment yeah. that I'm part of. Well, speaking of which, uh, moving right along a little bit, you just also came back from a little, from a very interesting expedition to Mexico. Indeed. This uh, is a second time, and to kind of give a little foundation here, there's a mission in Ciudad Juarez, right on the other side of the border from El Paso in Texas. And out of, uh, in El Paso, there's a congregation in Zion Lutheran. Its pastor is the Reverend Stephen Heimer. Now, Pastor Heimer and his father, Carl Heimer, Carl is pastor at San Pablo Lutheran Church, which is on the Yisleta Lutheran Mission Campus, YLM. And they do a lot of human care work. So we had first done a story on them, oh, I think maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, when there was a lot of Cuban refugees fleeing to the United States when there was some change in relationships between the United States and Cuba. So you see a lot of those um, Cubans had come across the border. And YLM is kind of part of a network that can shelter refugees that come over the border. And they were called in to uh, to help with that. So they they... Uh, had a number of Cubans that were living there at YLM. They have a thrift store and a food pantry and things like that. They do wonderful human care work. And 
you saw how folks were kind of coming and going. Some stayed in El Paso, continue to be a part of the congregation now. Um, several were baptized, thanks be to God. Others left to f- find a new life outside of Texas. And to kind of fast forward here, um, this mission in Juarez, uh, Pastor Stephen Heimer, the younger of the Heimers, uh, was teaching um, these children uh, about baptism. So his mission been going on for a number of years, and, and, and Pastor Heimer came on board and started teaching. And recently, on this beautiful, crisp, warm day in the desert, uh, Pastor Heimer, Pastor Lozano, which is from Church of the Holy Bible in Ciudad Juarez. It's in the Rancho and Opera neighborhood. I think I got that right. Uh, they baptized over 20 children and adults. And what I love about uh, this is seeing God's hand at work, seeing our old Adam die, see our, our, uh, seeing reborn in Christ. The wonderful thing about this is also I love culturally. Um, i give you one example, Kip. Mm-hmm. There was a young girl being baptized, and uh, she's about ready to be baptized. She goes, wait a minute. My grandmother's not here. <laughs> And uh, you know we're 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 very you know we like to we like to have very orderly things here in the states you know and um, what I love here is she's like hold on I will get my grandma she's just a couple blocks away <laughs> so she runs down the street comes bring your grandma it was so wonderful and adorable I love seeing this it's fantastic so you saw this and it's just a, such a joyful day and uh, you know you kind of you run this landscape here you're um, you can see the United States Mexico border. Right on the other side of their fence, they're just kind of a stone's throw. They're maybe a little bit longer than that, but um, in plain view. And to see this happening, to see the joy of these children, just absolutely phenomenal. So we're going to be doing a fantastic story in the Winter Engage magazine issue coming up on the mission in Ciudad Juarez. And I just, I can't wait for you guys to see it. I really do. I love (laughs) making these pictures. I'm working on them right now, and I'm like, ooh. Maybe we'll use this one, or maybe we can tell a story with this one. So, great stuff coming up. I can't wait to show you guys. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, was just thinking, as a photojournalist, uh, you cover everything from these horrible disasters to some joyful events. And I know I've seen uh, some of the, the photos that you, you, you took of, uh, of Lutheran meetings and everything from uh, Sri Lanka to Ethiopia to uh, Madagascar this huge diverse group of people who still have the same commonality and that's got to be a real kick for you to see indeed and there's always there's a wonderful hospitality in the church Mm -hmm. you are always cared for one thing i love to say is that you know traveling can be scary and you read stuff about folks saying oh how to solo travel or this or this or this that i love knowing that whenever i land there's someone from the church there and they're going to care for you. And in this case here, you know, um, there is some folks that at the mission, they're making this wonderful meal, oh, this yeah. fellowship. And I mean, we're talking some fantastic mole. Oh, I heard about this meal. That is a meal. They remember. Yeah. And mole and some beans and rice. And of course, um, uh, a Coca-Cola <laughs> with the, the sugar, you know, and uh, which is a treat, you know, and, What's great is that, you know, here you got these big pots and pans are making this wonderful meal. And that's just so terrific to see. You have this wonderful fellowship and you're so cared for. 
that's something I've noticed, you know, I, I really enjoy about the LCMS is we do these these potlucks, you know, these communal things. We've got a couple coming up here at the IIC, mm-hmm. but I also remember, you know, my church just had one just recently where we got together. We had, we had ribs and wonderful potato salad and everybody got together and... Uh, I remember I was sitting next to a lady who I think is 98 years old. See her every Sunday at church, and that was so much fun. You know, that kind of fellowship—you just can't can't get get around that. I remember when I was a kid, for example, in Walter League, one of our uh, we we frequently would have potlucks, and one of the the fun things we used to do were what we call were uh, progressive dinners. Have you ever heard of those? No, tell me more about those. Oh well, you'd start out the group would start out. They go to one person's house, and there'd be a salad. And then you go to another person's house, and there would be a pasta. Then you go to the next person's house, there'd be like a main course. Then another person's house, and there would be a dessert. And a, a lot of them were, were ethnic dishes. You know, some were Czech, some were German, some were Swedish. And it, it was a really fun and learning fellowship experience. It's like a food crawl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, Kip, you and I should do a show one day mm-hmm. on a sweets and treats in the Ooh. Lutheran Church. I like that. Because, you know, we have donuts. And, you know, it gets that when you go to congregations. It's like, yeah. especially around the United States, it's like, well, this is our local donut shop. Oh, right? yes. And there's always the glazed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a glazed aficionado. I've noticed. Uh, well, okay. It's probably because I take all the glazed when they're here in the office. Okay. Yeah. I try to share, but, you know, I am a sinner. Um However, you know, in Kenya, you have mandazi, uh, you would have churros in Spain, and what's wonderful is that you have all these different little sweets and treats, and they're all just yummy, and it's all centered around that fellowship time. It is. In effect, tomorrow we are having a, uh, a smoked barbecue uh, event outside for a community chest. Are we smoking donuts? Smoked donuts. That's, that's a great a idea. It's like barbecue donuts. You know there's a smoked beer. It's called a Roche beer. Yeah, that is good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> well, we've gotten off tangent here. <laughs> yeah. This is Kip Allen's hey. talk about donuts and, and beer. beer. Why not? Hey, we're Lutherans. We could do this. <laughs> Eric, what's next for you? I'm very thankful to have some time off. Ah, Good to see your family again. Indeed. We are going into production for the Winter Magazine. Uh, some fluid changes on some travel. It looks like it'll be a really busy year next year. Uh, coming up for me, my most recent travel is going to, uh, returning to Redeemer Lutheran Church in Hyattsville, Maryland, doing a fantastic little story on their Compassion Center, which is a wonderful little thrift store ministry that helps uh, a lot of immigrants who come through Hyattsville. So that is Pastor Eric Linthicum, and that will be a nice treat of a, a little visit again. And uh, um, I might be able to get another donut there, too. <laughs> okay. Well, Eric Lunsford, photojournalist for the LCMS, thank you again for being on the program. Always a pleasure to have you. My pleasure, Kip. Good to see you again. Anytime. All right. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. 
To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.